Welcome to Conversations with the Black Girl Blogger podcast, where you will hear amazing human interest stories from everyday people. They will inspire you, they will encourage you, and they will help you to overcome all of what you are going through in your life. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. Today's very impromptu discussion was conducted outside, so you may hear some dogs, you may hear some people, you may hear some cars go by, um, but the information provided will be very useful to anyone who is considering getting plastic surgery. This is the experience of these two ladies and may not be what you or someone you know has experienced, but I think the information will be useful. Now, towards the end, we did get into a little girl talk, kind of go off script a little bit, but I still think even that information will be useful. So let's get into this interview and I hope you enjoy it. Today we are here with Rashimia and Sheree. You remember Rashimia from episode three talking about being a surrogate. And Sheree and Rashimia are both my very good friends from high school. We have known each other for a very long time. And if you can recall, at the end of our interview with Rashimia, she told us that she had surgery on her breast. And today, that is what we're going to get into. We're going to talk about getting plastic surgery. So, Rashimia, why don't you talk to us about what made you get surgery and just tell us what type of surgery did you have? So, I had breast implants and I was all my life, I was an A cup. Even after children and breastfeeding, I was always still, I just went back to my natural A cup and I really wanted breasts. I just felt like that was what I needed. Um, and so I began the journey. And so um, was there a process in deciding um, to get the surgery or was it something that once you knew it was possible, you were just like, I'm going to get it? Exactly. Once I decided and I had been down that road before with Cherie with her first surgery, I decided I, if we went back, I was going to get my breast done. Okay, so Cherie had surgery before you had surgery. Yes. So Cherie, why don't you tell us what surgery you had? So I had two rounds of lipo slash BBL. Okay. What was the first surgery that you had? It was a lipo slash BBL. Okay. So it was, I went at two different times with two different cosmetic, um, um, two different places. Okay. And how about you? Like, what process did you go to to decide and you were going to get this procedure? I think after I finally had my daughter, it was just, I was feeling very um, low and, you know, looking on Instagram, you know, at these models and, you know, looking at my own self it was just like hey I'm not happy I want to do something about it so I was like I just start looking into cosmetic surgery okay and how did you find the right person like what was the process of finding the right doctor to have your surgery so at that time I was doing a lot of research um talking to some friends who who have had the procedure done. I'm talking to Shima. Um, 
really investigate and just like narrowing down to like what doctor I wanted. And then I would follow them on Instagram or Facebook and kind of look at what they did. And then if I liked the results, I would be like, okay, I think I want this doctor. So that's pretty much I did what I did. Just reach out to people and look. Okay. On social media at the results they were given. And join like different groups. Right. Like, so they have like these groups where they talk about the good and the bad of the place they went to, their results, and we just like followed those groups until we narrowed it down to say, okay, this is who we're going to. So groups like on like Facebook. Facebook? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is there like a specific name of the group or is it just plastic surgery? Like I'm in a group that's breastfeeding but it's specifically for black women so, so how did you find like a, which group you wanted to pick so i the first group we i requested it was called like mia aesthetic dolls or something like that and it's just basically all the dolls who had surgery at this facility and then um you have to ask to join and then they accept you mm-hmm. and then from there you just kind of look at the post and just be nosy right and then certain dolls would just invite you to other, you know, other um, pages and stuff like that. And then for my second one, I did the same thing. You know what I mean? I think I went on, whose page did we go on? It was Brewster Dolls for me, right? Because he was my doctor. And then I just start going from there. Okay. So I don't know how we started out with the original surgeon that we had. We just... There's a doctor there named Dr. William, and remember we started following him, and then we started following his partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the partner died, and then we had to find new doctors. Right. Got it. So walk me through the process. So you find the doctor, you know who you're going to go to. Then how does it work? Like, first of all, before you go into that, where did y'all go? So right now, I know y'all are in Jersey. So did you find a doctor in Jersey or was it more of the recommendations from the group? Y'all were willing to travel? Like, where did y'all go? So we looked around. Like, we looked in um, Philly. Philly. We looked in New York. We Delaware. Looked at Bulls, we looked at Delaware. And we looked at Miami. Um, and, of course, it was cheaper to just go to Miami and get the surgery done. Okay. So once we figured out... We're going we, to Miami. Right, it was just like, okay, let's pick the place and find the right surgeon for the uh, procedure. Okay. So once you figure out where you're going, so y'all went to Miami, um, when you make your appointment, is your flight and your accommodations, like your hotel and stuff included, or is that something you do separate from your appointment? So with myself, I did it all separate, right? We, I pretty much rented a townhome or something like that for a week. Like a hotel, yeah. Yeah. And then um as far as a nurse, I use Shima. Okay. You know what I mean? Um and we just went from there. So the only thing I did was have massages done at the facility. Well hold on. So what I what I was getting at is that um none of that is included. No, so like you could you can go to a recovery house but it's separate. Like mm-hmm. the the surgeon is just the surgeon like that's just where you're going to have surgery so you have to book your own flight your hotel it's all separate so you just pay them to do the procedure Mm -hmm. got it okay so now walk me through how it works so now you schedule your appointment and 
what do you do when you call them? Like, what is the process of that they tell y'all when you're talking to them on the phone from step one? Well, everything, it pretty much was even scheduling. You have to put down some sort of deposit, right? Okay. So I think when I did my first round, it was like a $250 deposit, right? Okay. And then that kind of, I don't even think I gave them a date at that time. It was just like, hey, I'm interested. I gave them the 250 And then um, I kind of figured okay, I want my surgery for the summer, Mm -hmm. but I don't want it in the winter. So that's when I came up with April, right? Mm -hmm. So then I got with Shima and it was like, okay, when are you free? So then she gave me a date and then I pretty much booked it around that time. So then I gave Mia the time frame and then pretty much just went from there. So they send you like, they send you emails. So your email is like your pre-op. You got to do blood work. You got to get a physical from your doctor. So clearance. you do, yeah, like a clearance. So you get all that done. But in the meantime, you've already paid your deposit and you have a date. So now you're like getting all your stuff done, but it has to be done 30 days before your actual appointment. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be done right away once you book it. So you're already booking. Like I think we booked in, what was that? Like December or mm-hmm. October for April. Got it. Okay. And then, you know, you have to get all that done, get your blood work done, make sure that your, you know, your blood pressure is okay. Your hemoglobin is good. Everything like that. Okay. Do they tell you, like, uh, when you talk to them, what could disqualify you from getting surgery? It's like everything's in the email. It's not too much conversation on the phone. Everything with them is like email. Mm-hmm. So are there like pre-existing conditions, like if you have um, diabetes or high blood pressure or if you Like have- some of that stuff already counts you out because they're really, with that BBL surgery, it's really dangerous. Not really dangerous, but there's like high risk with that. So you got to make sure that you're healthy. Okay. So you can have a low hemoglobin, but... Then they'll say, oh, you have to purchase the cell saver, which is an additional cost, or you have to get it up to this. So it's like people drinking hemoplex and taking all these pills just to get their hemoglobin where they need it to be so they can even have the surgery. Um, me and Sheree both have high blood pressure, so we just made sure we took our medications and we was, you know, following these rules so we didn't get our appointment canceled because that can happen. Oh, so now right. let's just say... So my the first round, mine was 11.9. I think the minimum was a 12.0. Mm-hmm. So I had to pay the additional $500 for a cell saver. Oh, wow. That's what I was about to say. Like, if you don't make it, then how does that work? So you sit and come back. Like, you're paying for this if it doesn't work. Right. So what if it was something where you couldn't take medication to change it like do you get your money back that you paid or is it like because you have this condition you can't get the surgery and you get your deposit back i mean obviously y'all don't know because it's non-refundable but Mm -hmm. like so say if you get there and you they say they can't do your surgery it's a way that you can pay the day before you have your procedure so if they don't clear you then you just don't pay the rest of the money, right? Oh, okay. So you don't pay for it when before you get there. So when I went my first round, I think when I got to Miami, I still had a balance of $2,500. Okay. But I knew I wanted to pay it there just in case I got canceled. They right. didn't take my money. Um, but when I got there, things kind of <laughs> went 
they took the wrong turn. Okay. Right? So um, I got there. Um, you get drug tested, right? Okay. So I take my drug test, and then it comes back that I tested positive for, like, MDMA. So I'm like, there's no way. I don't really drink, and I don't smoke. I don't do any kind of drugs. So they're like, well, did anyone, you know, slip something in your drink at the airport? And I'm just like, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... The day that we were supposed to get on the flight, which was 420 or the whatever, my sister gave me a brownie. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even like, I took a little piece. A little, like a crumb. A crumb of this brownie, right? Yeah. So we were scared to get on the plane. Right. So (laughs) I'm thinking like nothing, right? So, you know, we get there, we check in, we're fine, right? Yeah. I get to this place and they're like, you failed the drug test. You failed test. the drug test. And I'm like, there's no way, you know, I'm here from New Jersey. You know what I mean? I can't. Yeah, not do not the do procedure. this Right. So they were like, look, we're going to see what we can do. So they was like, okay, you can try to flush it out. So this was on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you can try to, you know, drink water and try to flush it out your system and then come back Wednesday for the surgery. And it was an additional fifteen hundred dollars oh because goodness. I failed the drug test. Oh my goodness! So now, goodness. as soon as we leave the clinic, I'm like drinking water. I'm buying cleansers. I'm drinking cranberry. Anything to help flush it out. Flush yeah. it out because they. I guess they said like with MD, it can stay in your system for like up to three days. Something they were saying, right? Yeah. So it was like. I'm just thinking I'm not having this surgery because how am I going to get this out of my system? Yeah. So, like, I had to drink water nonstop. And then I brought my own my own kit that was a 12-panel kit. So, like I said, that was Monday. I went back Wednesday. But the day before or that morning, I took a test myself just to see if it would show yeah. up. It didn't show up, right? Okay. So then I go back to have my surgery, and she was like... It was like slightly the line where okay. you could see it, but they still let me have this the surgery. Okay. After paying the additional fifteen hundred dollars and stuff like that, so I basically went back to the room. You know, waited on the doctor. He came in. He marked me up, and so when before you get to Miami, so you went there on a Monday. Did you meet your surgeon before your surgery Wednesday? Nope, I met him the day of my surgery. Okay. And Even then, at pre-op, I didn't meet him. But at pre-op, did you talk about, like, already, did they already know what you wanted, or was that something that was done on Wednesday? So pre-op is basically just going in, picking up your FAHA and your um, boards and stuff like that. and Doing um, your drug test, yeah, paying drug. your money. Right. Okay, got it. Right, 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 right. That's it. It's not meeting your doctor or anything like that. Okay. Uh-uh. So then Wednesday, you meet the doctor, the surgeon, he comes in, you tell him what you want. Does he kind of have a conversation with you about the procedure or does he... Did you do it? Did you show him pictures? So I am a fan of Alexa Sky. Okay. So I had all these pictures in my phone of Alexa Sky and her butt. Got it. And I showed them to him and was like, this is what I want to look like, right? Yeah. And a lot of girls may do, like, poster boards or, you know, vision boards of what right, they want to look like. of what they want to look like. I had it all in my phone. Okay. Where I was just, like, trying to give them what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah. 
So then he marks you up after getting the idea of what you want, and then what happens? Um, they come in and then they start giving you fluids and stuff. Okay. For your um, I can't think of the word. Um, the anesthesia. The anesthesia, yo. And that was it. And the next thing I know, I'm picking her up. Mm-hmm. And we messed up the first time we rented a car. So <laughs> she has to lay on her stomach. So it's like hard oh, getting the back of this okay. Toyota Corolla. We didn't Toyota rent it. Toyota Corolla, like a little four-door <laughs> And we didn't rent car. this little car. Oh. And it was like, yeah. We made it work, though, for the rest of the week. Because it was like you go there like two more times after. So I'm like laying Chucks down in the back. We got a shower curtain on the bed. So y'all was in a Toyota Corolla mm-hmm. after the surgery. So what do you do at the next two appointments after? So the next day you follow up, right? Just to make sure that you don't have anything, um, you know, no infection starting to happen or, you know, um, blood clots, blood clots, or, you know, um, you're not, um, getting a uh, too much blood is yeah. yeah you know you want to make sure you're not leaking too much blood or you need a blood transfusion and stuff like that so when I went back he kind of I got undressed and he kind of just looked at my whole body just to make sure that it was going the right way right yeah. so you're draining right. out properly um and then from there it was like okay you're good and then that's when I started with my massages because you have to start that right away so um, what did the massages consist of? They hurt. They hurt. Yes. <laughs> it's like they're roll, like they're trying to get all the fluid out that's like in your body out these little holes. So they're they're massaging you and fluffing your butt and making sure that it's nice and you know it gets the shape that it's supposed to get. So the massages on your butt, or it's is it everywhere they body. had? It's every, they don't pretty much touch your butt, right? But it it might be like, for me, it was pretty much in my stomach and in my back and stuff like that. Okay. Right? But it's wherever the incision was, they basically want to try to get the fluids out, right? Oh, okay. So then you come home and still get massages too. Mm-hmm. How long did you get them at home, right? Like four weeks or six weeks or something? It lasted a while, but I stopped them because it just got hard with work and everyday life so you have the surgery and you go in for your two appointments and now you're ready to head home so obviously you're on an airplane (laughs) did you were you able to sit on the airplane no you only can sit at landing and takeoff so i kneeled the whole time oh man so you were like knees on the ground face yeah okay how was that experience terrible <laughs> was it painful because i was mean it- okay so the first time we did it it was kind of like okay we didn't know what we was doing right so yeah. we flew spirit right yeah which that was like the worst experience oh, yeah. ever soul plane right so flying spirit and trying to be on your knees and the plane was packed you mm-hmm. know what i mean so yeah. it wasn't people like- looking because when she first went it wasn't as popular as it is now right so, so people looking like why is she not sitting down what's going on yeah <laughs> and i'm carrying this booty pillow I, it was just like a you know whatever <laughs> so it was a three-hour flight and it was just horrible yeah so then you get back home mm-hmm. 
And what's the process from there? Like, do you have to go see your own personal doctor? Do you find somebody here to do, like, checkups? No, I pretty much just found someone that did massages and stuff like that. And um, just got in touch with them. And then she was um, out of Philly. And then she would drive to Millville and um, take care of me. But you never had to go back to the doctor? Mm-mm. No. Once you're done, you're done. But did you feel like you should? Like, I feel like you should go to the doctor. You get your checkup the next day, right? No, like, why would I? I don't know. I've never had surgery. No, like, no. Oh, back. So, not, like, no, so once you leave Miami, my it's over. So, right. like, you have your surgery on Monday, whatever. You go back Tuesday and I think, again, Wednesday or Wednesday and Thursday, yeah. they check you. And then, like, they tell you to stay there for a whole week just in case. Okay. But you don't stay for a whole week. Everybody comes home in the week. Like, we did stay until Saturday, I think, because mm-hmm. of her the way her surgery was. And then we came home and it was find somebody here to do your massages and that's it. But you don't like in in if you were in Miami, would you have no. had to go back to him or no? No. no. Okay. Regardless, you don't follow up again. No. No, unless there was a serious issue where I need a blood transfusion or she started feeling sick right. or she was having hard lumps in her mm-hmm. surgery or anything, then oh, you would follow up okay. if there's a complication. Right, but there wasn't. Okay, so now you've experienced your first time. You know all the things you did wrong. Right. (laughs) You go back the second time. So how was the second time different from the first? So Did you go to the same doctor? No, I chose a different doctor. Um, I chose 305 Plastic Surgery, where um, Dr. Bass was going to be my surgeon, but then he died of a heart attack during the pandemic. So, of course, here I am deposit already giving yeah and now we're looking for another doctor right so um i had i was looking at dr brewster as well Mm -hmm. and it just so happened that once um the other doctor passed away that he came on board with 305 gotcha okay and so that was your new doctor right that was my new doctor was right. this place did they have the same procedure as the last place that you went to where I you pretty did much everything did the same mm-hmm. thing gave them the deposit you know um they sent us clearance papers and you know um blood work and stuff like that saw my doctor got cleared and was on my way back to miami okay my so round. when you did the second round um was everything the same when you got there? Was this a different procedure because you went to a different place? Or was it pretty much the same as your first experience? It was pretty much the same. Um, this time I knew what to do and what not to do. So it was a little smoother. I don't think I had any um, complications with my second surgery as far as failing drug testing. Yeah. You know, or, you know, my blood pressure being too high or anything like that. We just had to take COVID tests, which we were panicking right. about because, you know, anything could happen from home to there. Right. Mm-hmm. To make sure you have a negative COVID or you, they don't do your surgery. Mm, okay. The only thing that went wrong is we got there on a Saturday and our coordinator was like we were trying to call you you can't have surgery monday you have to have it wednesday right so now i'm leaving friday right but i'm having surgery wednesday 
and I wanted my surgery to be before her surgery. So, her, I mean, her to have surgery before me. So that way she could be settled in. At yeah, least one day then, in yeah. and then I have my You're, surgery. Yeah. So luckily her mom was there and her mom's friend. So it like worked out mm-hmm. and I got mine first. And since I just had breasts, it wasn't so bad. Um, and then she had hers the next day. Okay. So you get your surgery. Um now you did the BBL so you knew what you were expecting cuz you had already done it. How about you, Shima? Like you got your breast done. What was your procedure like before and then what was it after? So like I said, we did research on the doctors. At first, I picked Dr. Brewster with her. I was like, I'll just go to him. His breasts look pretty nice. But then they acquired another doctor, Dr. Salas, after the other doctor had passed away. And I was like, I really like his breasts. His real natural. Um, he had his own private practice. I just felt more comfortable with going to him. So um, I switched my doctor. And um, I had already paid my deposit, got my, um, well, I didn't get the clearance, but I had to got my clearance. And you meet, you go there, you know, you do your, you go there, they call it pre-op, where they tell you how to take care of yourself after, because after, they don't talk to you, so you're not going to know what's going on the day after, so they tell you how to take care of yourself and what you need, and, um... The doctor called me that night and I just like explained to him what I wanted and he let me know like you're not going to get double D's because I'm like well that's what I wanted he said people that have really big breasts like that they have had multiple surgeries so I was like okay well give me the biggest you can with you know my body size right and that's what we did so I went in for a surgery. I was there like all day, I think, right, Sheree? Mm-hmm. I didn't get out there until like 9 o'clock at night. I went in at like 10 o'clock in the morning. And you're just like waiting around literally all day. So that was like annoying. Um, and then I think I went in for surgery at like 6 o'clock and I was out by 10, by 9. Got it. So, so they come in, they mark you. He, you know, we had another conversation. He told me, you know, I'll give you, I'll make you symmetrical. I'll give you a little bit of cleavage. And I was just like, okay, you know, I felt real comfortable. I felt like he was a good doctor. We had a good conversation before, laughed a little bit. And then, you know, I went in, they started my IV and I went in for surgery. So Shima said that she had to wait. Was that the same experience you had when you did yours that you went in and your appointment was at this time, but you didn't get it till later? Or was yours like right on? I waited. You waited. I waited because I think when I went back, there was someone getting theirs done, right? Okay. And then they have to clean the room and all that. Then you have to wait on the doctor. So I didn't get out till like six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And when like I went like in that o'clock. morning, like yeah. oh my goodness. And it's only what like a two-hour surgery or something like that. Then you go to recovery. But yeah, it's just basically waiting to have the surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you feel when you were in there? So what does it look like? Like, are you in, like, you know, you see it on TV and they're in these, like, nice little spa-looking places and they're um, in their own individual rooms and they're just, it's like, it seems like they get it done immediately, but was that what it looked like in there? The facilities are nice, right? It looks like a doctor's office or something like that. And then once you go to the um, surgery room, it looks like a, a operating room, room yeah. right? So all I remember seeing was like equipment, equipment, yeah. and the bed, and they're and then they're like lay on the bed, and then they just start, 
you know, you're, hooking you're you sleep up, before right. you even know it. Like, right. So I was sleep so before the doctor even came in. Like, okay. I just remember like, okay, give me your arm. We're hooking you up and gone. And then that was it. And then you just wake up to... So the next day when you have to come for your appointments, are y'all like in your own little rooms or Mm -hmm. like, how does that work? Is it like going to a doctor's office to do like a regular checkup? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what was your aftercare, Shima? Because Sheree had to get massages. Um, I just had, so, so each doctor is different. So when you wake up, you have on this bra, like this, like surgical bra with buttons in the front and you wake up like that. But each doctor tells you how they want you to care for it. So this doctor didn't want me to wear the surgical bra. They wanted me to wear like this band across the top of my breast. Okay. So I didn't have that. So we're, um, after we ride around trying to find like a store, but in Miami, there are like a bunch of stores, but what's open because it's COVID. Right. So I wound up finding a store that had like, you know, all the accessories for sur- after cosmetic surgery. Mm-hmm. And I was able to buy the band that I needed to just wear every day. Okay. That band and you wear like button up shirts so you don't have to put your arms up. Right. Because you can't really like lift your arms above your head for a while. Okay. And that was it. I did that for, I could I couldn't wear an underwire bra for three months. Um, I really just started wearing bras maybe six months ago. Okay. Um, I was just kind of wearing sports bras if I needed to yeah. put on a bra. Um, and then I started wearing no like uh, no underwire bra because my um, incision is underneath the breast. Gotcha. Like okay. uh, on the bottom. I have um, silicone implants. Okay. So now y'all are done. You're recovered. How do you feel? Like, do you feel... Are you happy with your procedure? Sheree, you went twice. So were you not happy the first time or did you know that what you wanted was going to take two procedures? I think I know what I wanted and what I wanted to look like would take more than one procedure. Okay. Um, Even after my second procedure, I still wanted more. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we were just going back. Right. (laughs) I think I just stepped back looked at it it was just like I'm done with it for the time being because it was just do you feel like you were addicted to it yeah I felt like I was addicted to a certain image like I really wanted to look a certain way yeah you know what I mean like it was to the point where I was like maybe I want Botox and maybe I want this and yeah breath like I just wanted the whole works and I didn't care like how much how, how, how much, much right time. i'm gonna do it right yeah so i think it was just sitting back and realizing like okay you gotta move past that you yeah know what i mean like even today like what do i want more yes but would i do it again probably not not right now how about you shima are you happy with the results or are you going to keep going till you get some days i look in the mirror and i'm like sheree i want them bigger I want to, I want my full double D because that's what I originally wanted. And then I look again, I'm like, oh, no, they're big enough because I look at other people and I'm like, I want my shirt to look like this or I want to be able to look like that. Um, But I felt like now at this point, I'm, I'm happy. Like, I'm satisfied. I don't think I will go through it again. Do you think even not... Well, not necessarily your breasts. Do you think you would get plastic surgery for something else, or are you good altogether? Um, yeah, I'm good altogether. I'm afraid to get the BBL, so yeah. 
So do, I mean, Cherie said already that hers was more about like social media, just throwing these images at you like constantly, constantly, constantly. And you just feel like you're supposed to look a certain way. Um, you have a daughter, you have daughters. How would you feel if your daughters later were like, I want to get, and even if it's not a BBL or breast, like I want to get my nose done. Or, you know, I want to get liposuction or I want to, who knows what's going to be popular mm-hmm. when they're at that age. I mean, Leah's kind of close, but right. um, to where, you know, she would maybe want something like that. But would you want think- them or support them in getting surgery? I would support it. Like, I'm sure that my daughter is going to come to me and ask for a breast reduction. Oh, okay. Because right now she has big breasts, so I'm sure that that's going to happen. And, I mean, I, I guess I would support it because she, they supported me. Like, my kids yeah. knew what I was going through. They're not babies, so they knew what was happening when I came home. They knew what I went for. Yeah. So I think I would be okay with that. I wouldn't want her to walk around like how these moms are with looking crazy but if it was within reason I, I was totally supportive okay and Sheree you got a long way to go but how would you I mean would you be okay if she wanted to alter her body in some way I think I would be because I know what it feels like to really want something or do something yeah and you don't have support you got to figure like my mom did not support it at all both times I went, she was totally against it. And my husband was just like, you don't need to do it, right? Yeah. But he never said, don't do it. Yeah. Right? But. And I, I think that that is one of the biggest things that's a misconception is that when people get plastic surgery, they're doing it for a man. Whether it be to get a man, to keep a man, or because a man wants them to do it. And a lot of times that's not the case. Like, people want it because they want it. Like, right. it's about yourself. It's not about other people. Right. And, you know, I feel like it's kind of similar in when you have a baby and you see all these people on social media snapping back and you feel like, well, what am I doing wrong where three months ago she had a baby and now she's walking around in a swimsuit and I'm sitting up here, can't fit any of my clothes. Like, social media has created this, like, such, this fake reality of, not even reality, a fake image of what people look like. And or should, should look, look like. Or, or should, should look, look like. like. Yes. Yeah. And then when you also see, like, these people who have had very little followers, then they change the way they look. And now it's boom. And then they get all these followers. And, but then underneath it's like, oh, she has surgery. She this, she that. And then you look at the old stuff and it's like, oh, her nose is this and she's flat chested and she don't have no butt. Like, who wants her? So then you had the people who's mad that she got the surgery, but you was just talking about her because she didn't have a shape. Right. Mm -hmm. So then when she goes and changes her shape based off of the comments people make about her, um, now you want to talk about her because she did that. People are going to talk regardless, so you just got to do what makes you happy at the end of the day. Right. Because people are going to talk regardless. Like, I started working out. My mm-hmm. butt looks really good. I keep getting asked, did I get my butt done? Yeah. I didn't. I've yeah. just been trying to work out. Like, I want to enjoy the body that I have. Like, I am so in love with my breasts. Yeah. Because that's something I wanted all my life. I never had. Right. So, I would only have them when I'm pregnant, and then they're gone right away. So, 
I I started working out like to just enjoy myself. I'm getting older too. Like you need to work out and stay healthy because I know I have high blood pressure. I don't want that to be, you know, my reason for going down. Um, but people are going to talk anyway. They're going to talk whether you do it, whether you don't. It's mm-hmm. always going to be somebody yeah. talking. So you just and have I to be happy. And I think, too, like, people don't realize how much their words, like, affect people. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, she doesn't need to do this because she don't have no chest anyway. Or, you know, the she man don't have no butt. Or anyway, or, even if she get the surgery. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then it's like. Yeah. People right. are going to talk about you, like you said, regardless. But I still think that, like, like for me everybody's always seen me fit. Like, I always work out, um, Mm -hmm. you know, always eating right. Mm -hmm. And then when I had my baby and after, I think that people really felt like I was about to deliver my baby and then have a six-pack, like, the next day. And it's like, oh, wow, like, you look good. And, like, I know that tone. It's like, I thought you were going to be smaller. Mm -hmm. Like, what have you been? You look good, but. Yeah, it's like, have you been working out? Like, hell no, I ain't been working out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think? So, like, I do think when people say stuff, like, they don't realize how far that goes Mm -hmm. with people, especially when you're consistently saying it, like, over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like, I know people right now who call me, like, skinny. And they're like, compared to last year, you small. And I'm like, I had a baby last year. Right. Like, literally, a year ago. So I would really hope that I don't look like the way I looked when I delivered my child. Mm -hmm. Like, so... Yeah, I do think that, like, you know, the reason why I'm not vegan has to do with me um, breastfeeding, but it also has to do with the fact that right now I just don't care. Like, I that's just not where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. And other people are like, oh, so you eat meat when I want to, but mm-hmm. 90% of the time, no, I don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a shocker to see you eat meat. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, but to each his own. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, like, Everybody always is like, oh, well, you haven't been posting workout videos. So what? That don't mean I'm not working out. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I have other things going on now mm-hmm. that I'm focused on. So, yeah, I think that, you know, social media gives this perception. Even me just posting workout videos, people have this perception that I'm like some like workout guru workout (laughs) fanatic Mm -hmm. where i'm just like every time i turn around i'm like lifting weights or something and that is really not the case like Mm -hmm. um but yeah so well that's why i just try not to be on it as much or to like sit there and obsess over it yeah, right because yeah. it just gets you to the point where you're just like okay i want to do this i, I gotta do, do this and then i'm calling shima and she's just like no you're 40 we're done with that like <laughs> yeah. let it go yeah. you know what i mean and then i really have to sit there and say she's right you yeah. know what i mean like it's a certain time where you just have to just Come I mean, to the, right. like come to the reality that this is the person you are, are and right. that's the person that they are. And it's just not going to ever be the same. Like, I was talking to my sister this morning. And I told her that because um, she was like, I need to clean out my closet until I lose this weight. And uh-huh. I was like, you know what I did? I said, I had size eights. 12s, 10s, and 14s in my closet. Mm-hmm. The 8s are gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm not ever going to be an 8. And if I do get to an 8, it's like not on purpose. Mm-hmm. But I, so I said, I threw away, well, I donated all my size 8s. 
right now I was at that time I was a 14 so I need those clothes Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I kept my 10s and 12s because I'm like I feel like that would be my neutral right like size like I know that without really doing much that that would be my average size so I'm like don't don't wait to do it because then you're like holding on to this stuff that that's not where you are like you're not gonna be right at that place anymore like like you said we're 40 we're that's just not for me that's not my goal Mm -hmm. is to be that small right Mm -hmm. and like i said if it ends up happening it just happens but it's not gonna be because you like do you like your weight that you are now I do like my weight okay. right now, but I would like it to be distributed a little bit different. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And then because of my fibroids, like my midsection is like up and down. Like gotcha. some days I'll look like I'm three months pregnant. And then certain days I look like a regular person. Mm-hmm. You know, my stomach mm-hmm. is not flat, but it's not poked out. Right. right. Okay. So my fibroids kind of hinder a lot of um, what I feel like is progress because I'm just like, is this my fibroids or... Yeah, is this just weight? Yeah, like, or is this my weight? And then the next day, my stomach will go back down. I noticed, too, like, I can't look at numbers. Yeah. Like, the numbers really throw me off because I'm like, wait, I weigh that much? How? Oh, I haven't weighed myself and I don't know how long. I just stopped. Like, I mean, I went to the doctors and so they told me and I'm like, what? Well, how is that possible? But I just know, like, as long as I'm happy with what I got going on, I just don't pay attention to the numbers. Yeah, I've never been a person to weigh myself. Mm -hmm. I just go by how my clothes fit. No, I really had to get on the scale. Why? Because it was just like, lately everyone's like, are you lifting? Are you in the gym? You're getting bigger. And, you know, I feel it, but I'm like, what is going on here? Because, I mean, just last summer, I was a size two slash four. Yeah. You know, and now here's this summer and I'm in a 10 or, you know, a 12. So I got on the scale and that number was just like, wow. But I I think, too, like, we have to give ourselves some kind of forgiveness because we just lived through something that was traumatic. Right, right, right. Like, whether people want to believe it or not, like, we've all been traumatized. Like, we've never had to be forced to make changes so fast for so long. And just everything, like, a whole Yeah, that was, like, a, a big, big change. And that... Like, I mean, I go therapy anyway, like I was telling Shima last time, but um, I like talking to my therapist and I just was like, I'm not at that focal point of like the way I look like as far as working out. Like, I feel like now my focus needs to be like my emotions, Mm -hmm. like mentally, Mm -hmm. because I'm so exhausted, like worrying about Kingsley, taking her out in public and like... It's hoping that world. you don't get something, right. you know, and and you see these kids that get it and don't make it out. And I'm just like, like at the beginning, we didn't take her out anywhere. Right. You know, if we went to the store together, she just stayed in the car and we would like go back and forth. Like I would get what I need to get, come back. He would go get what he need to get. And then we would leave. And then when I did start taking her into the store, it was just like anxiety Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm in and i'm out like i'm not about to be lingering in the grocery store like anxiety played a big part on everyone yeah this pandemic and it's just 
So, Cherie, don't beat yourself up because the schedule that you just told me you had to do, I'm pretty sure that this had a lot to do with it. This is Cherie's happy weight right here. But, I mean, I feel like that had a lot to do with it. It, it does. does. schedule has right. a lot to do the with scheduling and just life itself. Maintaining. And like you said, like, yeah. my daughter being three and my oldest being 17, right? Right. It's just too much going on. Give yourself forgiveness mm-hmm. and just focus on finding some self-care practices to make yourself happy because that has been like my saving grace where I'm just like whatever and then of course Jamel's like I like the way you look I'm like well I'm okay with it but I got some work to do but I'm not gonna focus on We're it right our now critics that's right because right. like my husband was like you do not need your breast done and I'm just like screw you I want my breast <laughs> done, I want my breast done. <laughs> yeah. and then I finally was just like you know what I was surprised when she said, I'm, I'm not canceling. going. I'm not going. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know? it's tough. But hopefully this next year, things will go back to some sense of normalcy and we can create routines that work for us and find some self-care. I mean, I get facials. I get my henna done every month. Like every week I have an appointment just for myself. That's good. And I wish I could do that. We you can start. do it. You have to just figure out how to schedule it. Yeah. And it, and literally, like, my appointments are usually an hour. That's it. Like, you know, you get a massage, you get a facial another time. My henna takes about 45 minutes, and I just sit there. I don't think about anything. I'm just talking to her. I've been going to her for, like, a couple years now, so we talk about all kind of stuff. And... Then I go home, but for that time, you like, just have like an hour of just my relax, time, like unwinding, yeah. yep. which is which is really good. It yeah. is. So, and then now, like my skating, I have that time where I'm literally just focused on skating. I mean, right. and that's what I've been telling Faustino. Like, look, I need like once a month, I need something to myself where I'm going to get a room or I'm doing me. Like, yeah, kids mm-hmm. are on you. I'm gone. You know what I mean? It's important. So, because then you, you don't realize like how much you put on your own shoulders and then you don't focus on yourself because you're so busy worrying about everybody else. Right. And then the when house, you the kids, realize the like I'm done with y'all, like you don't want to get to the point where you're frustrated. So when you take that time and you know it's coming and you have that opportunity, you kind of have that, like, even keel. Like, you know what? In four hours, I'm about to be getting my henna done. So I don't even care about anything else. <laughs> like, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to focus on getting through these four hours so I can get to my appointment. Right. So that's that's going to be our goal. Sheree. It is. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you all to it. I'm going to make sure you figure out something. Once a week, though, not. They say it like it's so easy. Sheree, but... it really is because, like, you're. If you have, if you know they can go with their sister for an hour, at some point, be like, look, can you just take them for an hour? And you can sit in this house and not do anything. You can sit out here and not do anything. But it's just time for you an to hour just decomposing. Yeah, go sit in the bathtub or sit in the shower. You know, take a shower and. Not have to worry about somebody coming in. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. Just simple stuff. Or go to said. Kirsten's house and be like, I'm just going to sit in your house and you sit in mine. So let's start slow. <laughs> right, because Kirsten, she'd be like. I'm just saying, yeah. like, you know, 
But let's wrap up this interview, y'all. I really appreciate you taking the time um, to tell us all about this surgery. Hopefully this information will help someone else and encourage them or at least give them insight into helping to make their decision on whether they decide to get the surgery and the steps that it will take to go through with it. Thank you. Thanks. And that's a wrap on another amazing episode. I know that you were just as inspired as I was after listening to that conversation. And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and follow the podcast. Also, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Girl Blogger and check out our website, www.theblackgirlblogger.com. And the most important step, make sure you share the podcast with someone you know and tell them to share with someone they know. And if you know someone who has an amazing story to tell or if you yourself would love to tell your story, Leave us a message on our website or any of our social media platforms so we can reach out to you and have you on the podcast. Until next time, peace out.